heal even now. Lord, strengthen even now. Lord, as we turn our attention towards him, because there's some immediate attention that needs to be given to him. Father, uh, Father, do what only you can do. Even now, Lord, give strength where there's weakness. Fix whatever done went wayward because he's in your hands. Even now, Lord, we give it to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give God some praise in the house. <laughs> While he's being attended to by Chris, who is a paramedic, we will continue to pray. Amen. We are on the 13th message of this series, and really, I could sit down, because y'all, y'all, y'all preached my sermon, y'all sung my sermon. I, I, I was going to say, I don't know how God does it, but I don't have to know how God does it. He's God. He's God. Amen. Amen. The reading of our text comes from Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 9. And it reads as such in our hearing. But whatever former things was gained to me as I thought then, but I have a change of perspective. These things I once regarded as advancements, as merit, as important. I've come to consider them as laws, absolutely worthless for the sake of Christ and the purpose for which he has given my life. But more than that, I count everything as, as lost compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing intimately Christ Jesus, my Lord and of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him, which is a joy unequaled. For his sake, for his sake, I have lost everything and I consider it all garbage so that I may gain Christ and be found in him Believing and relying on him, not having any righteousness of my own derived from my obedience to the law, the truth, of the rituals, but possessing that, 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 that genuine righteousness which only comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Amen. Father, even now, touch. Lord, take over. From our concern for Kenny to the hearing of our ears of your message. Lord, pour me out as a drink offering that we may hear from you. Glorify yourself, Lord, even now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The question that I have for us this morning is, what or who are we looking to? Well, what has our imagination what are we leaning on to bring happiness, to bring success, to bring meaning, to make us something, to, 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 to bring some type of achievement into our lives? Someone was telling me of a movie, and in this movie, they met somebody that, that actually, and he asked the question, who are you? 
and the man started with his job. He went from his achievements. He went to, he's married, got so many children, and he went through his resume of what he said he was. Then at the end, he says, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> and the man looked at him and said, you know, I really don't know if you're a Christian. He said, why you say that? He said, because if you really was who you say you are, the first thing you would have said, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's funny, I go to churches and they ask me for a resume, they ask me to give a profile of myself before I preach, and I simply tell them, I'm a servant of Christ. And they said, we need more than that. But to be honest, the highest title you could ever have is that you're his servant. It, it, it's not just being a servant. It's, it's who you are a servant of which makes this important. My, my question to us today, is our perspective right? Do, you, do we view our life from a Christian view or a world view. There is a battle of perspective that is going on in all of our minds where Paul says, I have to die daily because every day something is coming at me. Every day something is pulling at my attention. Every day when I wake up, there's something different that comes on the horizon that is trying to pull me away, pull my thoughts away, my focus away, my heart away from seeing Christ, knowing him, getting deeper in him. And if you live in this world, there is a spiritual struggle over your heart. If you don't think that's true, then say nobody got you deceived. If you can't acknowledge that, then you really don't see what's going on. No matter how spiritual you think you are, the battle don't quit. And, 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 and the stronger you get, the bigger a new demon is released to attack you. Oh, somebody ought to say amen. And allow me, allow me to say this to us, that we have to prepare ourselves for 2024 because the truth of the matter is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to come. And if we are so caught up in earthly circumstance around us, we're going to miss what God is saying. We're going to miss what God is doing. Listen, your, your blessing is right before you, but you got to keep your eyes on him. See, he makes a way of escape in every circumstance. And if, and, and if he don't make a way, he'll stand and he holds your hand. Matter of fact, he holds you in his hands. He holds you in your hand. My, my question is, when I view Paul's life, my, my question, what was his motivation? You want to talk about a hero of the Christian faith, it would be Paul. What, what I mean, I, I'm just going to say it though, I'm going to say, all the hell he went through. You would think if he was that close to God that, that you would see blessed out, but you see trouble. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, when Paul gives his resume, because they are challenging Paul, saying he wasn't like these false ones that have come among them, Paul starts off saying, number one, I'm a Jew, but then he starts saying, I have suffered more than them all. I've been whipped with the iron rod more. I've been shipwrecked three times. I, sent all, I spent all night in the sea holding on to a wood plaque. 
He said, I've been stoned and left for dead. I've been more hard. And I'm saying, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't a resume that I want. And I start thinking, maybe we have the wrong perspective of what it means to serve him. We have bought into the American dream. And we have brought over what America says we need into the gospel. And if we are not careful, because God does, if God doesn't feel our expectation, y'all heard that, right? Not a godly expectation, but our expectation of what he should do for us. Let me say that again. If God doesn't fulfill our expectation of what we think he ought to do for us, we may still come to church. We, we may still say hallelujah. We may still do the outward thing, but did you know it's possible to be right up in church and have an attitude with God? Oh, been there, done that. Oh, 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 when you are expecting God to move this way and it moves that way, oh, don't tell me we don't face disappointments. Don't tell me that life go hayward sometimes. And instead of, I mean, I mean, with, with all that you do, I mean, I mean, with, with being faithful, and, and I'm here. Lord, I don't like this. One of the greatest questions, uh, one, one that most Christians ask is, why so much suffering? Why so much pain? Acts 9, 15 and 16. Listen what the Lord says to, to, to Paul. And the Lord said to me, go, he says this to Ananias, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. See, I, I got my hand on him. I got my name on him. I picked him out. He's chosen, and then I just didn't choose him. He's chosen because he was chosen before the foundation of the world. And I knew all the bad he was going to do. I didn't just think about it. It was already done before I started everything. Hold on one second. God didn't just decide to save you. You were saved before the foundation of the world. He already had you in his mind. He already knew he was going to create you and make you. Knew all the bad stuff you was going to do. But still, he chose you before he began in Genesis 1-1. Oh, that, that, that ought to help you. That ought to let you know that God already knew I was going to go left work, but he already knew he was going to call me back. God had already taken into account all of our mess-ups, all of our sins, but in spite of all that, before the earth begun, he knew your name. The song that, that they say that, that, that is taken out of Isaiah 43, and what it means is I know everything about you. I know you at an intimate level. I know you at your worst. I know you at your best. I know, I know, and I still love you. I still chose you. You are still a chosen vessel that I got my name on. This name vessel means I got you on display. Now I realize I live in a fishbowl. So do you. <laughs> and the more God 
raises you, the more your name, the more you get busy for the Lord, the more people are looking at you. Now watch this, watch this. And they watch you go through what you go through, and they see how you handle it. One of the greatest miracles is not that you got a beautiful house, a big car, and all that. The most beautiful miracle is when God takes you through the water, the flood, the sickness, your disappointment, your hurt, your pain. When, when your situation is on display, and people are wondering how you keep doing what you're doing the way you do it, and, and you keep trusting God in an unfavorable situation. At some point, people will come to the conclusion, it's not you, it's God. Have you ever seen someone you knew had to be the power of God? You knew, matter of fact, you saw the grace on them. You saw the power of God on them. You went to encourage them, and they encouraged you. <laughs> you, you went to say, and you said, how are you doing it? And they tell you, he's holding me. He, he got me by my hand. In fact, he got me in his hand. Because if God don't keep you, if, if God don't make a way out of no way, you're never going to make it. Then he said, he said I, I took some folks through the fire. You should have burnt up. You should have died. You should have lost your mind. If folks knew your story... Aren't you glad? And, and not been scorched me. You don't look like what you've been through. Is there anybody in here you don't look like you've been through? People look at you and they say you look good and you think it to yourself. You don't have a clue. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how I made it. I didn't make it by my own strength. I'm not that strong. It's been nobody but God who has kept us in our right mind. Listen, what we don't get is this. The thing that you may be ashamed of may be your greatest testimony. He says that to Israel, he said, I'm doing this in front of other nations. I sent and made you go to Egypt in slavery, number one, because you wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> because you, you start serving other guys. So I, I, and, and number two, I had to put you where you were safe so the very people who became your captives, who became your, you were their prisoner, they were actually keeping you in the time of famine. I was growing you. I was growing you in number. I was growing you in relationship with me. And when you finally came to the place that, that when you came to your right mind, that you started calling me, I had already picked out Moses as your deliverer and in the nick of time I brought you out. My question to us today if he was to say to us like he said to Paul I must show you how many things you must suffer did y'all hear that? Not, 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 he didn't say, how many things you're going to get from me? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. God blesses. But, but can you take the blessing and the suffering? Do, do you know that, that in the suffering is some blessing? That through the suffering, you learn to see is him. 
If you've never been sick, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that he's a healer. If you've never been in trouble, you wouldn't know he's a way maker. If you've never been on the verge of losing your mind, you never would have known that God is a mind regulator. If you've never been heartbroken, heart shattered, you never would know that God is a heart healer. If things never went wayward and, and out of your control, you never would have learned that God holds the whole world in his hands. If you've never been in trouble and your enemies were surrounding you, you never would have discovered that God will fight your battle. There is a counterpart for every trouble if we learn to trust him and wait on him. One of the things, one of the things, one of the things that, that we got to learn is our God, number one, he loves you like nobody else loves you. And the cross proves that. You just got to go to one place that, that he gave his life. They didn't take his life. He gave it willingly. The fact that he, he wrapped his, his divinity and wrapped it up in human flesh, that's, I, I can't understand that. I don't understand how God became one of us. I, I don't understand. Listen, I don't know why he did that. I would have done that for you. And you wouldn't have done that for me. But his love is so beyond our love. The hardest part is waiting when you don't see him. Keep trusting him when he's quiet. Martha and Mary, here they are. They are close friends of Lazarus. And when, and when Jesus will come to them, when he's in Capernaum. They were good friends of his. They are, they are real good friends of his. And what happens in this situation, when he comes there, he comes with a disciple, and Martha goes out of her way to make a, a, a big meal. Nothing wrong with that. But let me speak to some of us where we are prone to be servers helpers, and you don't become a worshiper. When Jesus is teaching, this is what I'm saying, when God is teaching, that's primary. Oh, you got to hear me. Jesus is teaching. They all is there at his feet, and Martha has the opportunity to hear the word from the word. And, and she thinks, now watch this, she thinks what she is doing is even more important. And the reason I say that is this. She goes to Jesus. Don't you care? Do you hear that attitude? <laughs> Don't, hold on, that, don't Mary care. Don't you care. I'm in here making a fuss for you, and I'm about ready to lose my mind, and you sitting up here letting Mary sit and, 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 and do that instead of doing this. You can be doing good things and out of position. You can think you're doing something for the Lord instead of being with the Lord. Just because, and, and, and service is part of it, but service is secondary to worship. You, you got to keep your prayer life. You got to be in the Word. You got you to gotta, you gotta know Him. 
You, you got to know him because, because you don't know who you serve until you know him. And, and if you're not careful, you become arrogant in what you do. And, 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 and if what we do don't have love behind it, that's what the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 13 is about, is that you can get carried away with ritual. You get carried away with church stuff, and your mind is not on Jesus. Your mind is not about loving folks. Everything we do should have a love check. Why am I doing this? Because if you love check it, what, what turns out is you don't get upset if people don't respond the right way. When you do it for love, you do it and you let it go. You're not expecting anything in return. You're not expecting God to pat you on your back. What makes it so you see the outplay of this in John chapter 11 when Lazarus dies. They have sent to Jesus. Jesus is like two days away, and it takes him four days to get there. Lazarus has already died, and Jesus held back on purpose. <laughs> Did you know God is going to always stretch your faith? Because if we're not working, serving, teaching, whatever we do, if, if I'm not preaching out of love for God and a love for you all, this doesn't mean anything. God will bless you and I won't get blessed. God, God, God will give you a word and I won't get credit. I, I, it, it will go, God, God will wipe it off the table because the motive behind what I do and how I do it, God will say disqualified. You, be, you better spend more time in his presence to off people's attitudes. You can't let what people, you can't let their attitude jump on you. It will. If you're not careful, someone roll their eyes at you. Next thing you know, next thing you see, you roll their eyes at them. Someone turn their back on you next Sunday. You don't even know why you turn your back on them. When they started it, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Principle. If, say, if, if that's all it takes to get us off focus, Satan will get you off focus within your family, within your friendship. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He won't use that person you don't know, well, for most of us. He won't use that person you don't know. If, if you let the counter behind the, 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 the checkout stand make your whole day mess up, you way too sensitive. Let me, let me go. Can, can I go deep into this? If you let the driver driving slow in front of you make you lose your mind. But, but when it comes home, when it comes home, And what we don't understand is that you can put spiritual principles over everything in our life, and we think that this is spiritual, but that is natural. All of it is spiritual.
And what Satan is saying is this. If I touch this, I, I will make them not look to you as their source. And they're going to step out from under your cover and handle it themselves. Been there. Done that. And the thing is, is what's this? And, and, and when I'm out from under, this is his cover. When I'm outside of his cover and handle this, I have now created more harm on me. I have now walked away from my blessing. I have now, now I'm, I don't have God resources because I, I, I got this. Now, 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 when I'm standing here, I have now walked out of God's protection, and I think it's about me and this person, and Satan is behind that person to move me out of protection. He couldn't touch me here. He couldn't move me here. He couldn't take away my peace and my joy. But when I willfully came here, Then I start complaining. It is critical in 2024 that we learn to stay under God's covering. Oh, don't get me wrong, it's hard. It's hard. Let me show you another one. First Kings. Elijah. The prophet Elijah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The, when, he, when he has done all this, First Kings 19, and he's been busy fighting a war for the Lord. He has taken on Jezebel and the false religion Baal that they have set up. He meet them on Mount Carmel. I've walked that mountain. And by a supernatural strength, he walked up and down, up and down, up and down. He showed forth the power of God and called Israel back to God to stop their Baal worship. He thought it was over. He thought the battle was won. He's tired. He had a wrong expectation thinking that the battle was over. My father contracted lung cancer and it went from his back to the center of his lungs. He became paralyzed. I remember when the doctors who was aggressive, chemo, took him to every chemo, took him to every radiation treatment. I sat in the room with him when the doctors said, there's nothing else we can do. The next day, my dad said, you know, I, I've, been, I've been up all night waiting for the doctors to call to tell me what the next treatment's gonna be. Everybody else in the room, they knew. Nobody said anything. I had to tell my dad, I said, Dad, they're not calling. They said that there's nothing else that they can do. The look of disappointment on his face. Literally, he got mad at me for telling him. He got, I don't know how long that lasted, but, but I became the object of his anger for a while because of his disappointment. It, it, his hope, his, 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 it wasn't his expectation. He knew God was going to heal him. I knew God wasn't because from the first time I heard the news at, at, 
God told me, don't pray for his healing. That is not my will. So I pray, well, let me walk into the gate. But I didn't tell him that. Here Elijah is, and he thinks it's over. No more fighting. I'm tired. I've been doing this for a long time. Then he gets a letter from Jezebel. I'm going to kill you. Now listen, it, she's a witch who is controlling the king Ahab. But it wasn't her that he ran from. It was the disappointment that this is not over. It's when, you know, you think I can't take no more, then something else happens. It's when, it's when, it's when you say, you know, you say, if anything else happens, well, I'm going to lose my mind and something bigger takes place. It's when you thought you had bad news, then worse news come your way. Oh, oh don't tell me. You can't get mad at God. Don't tell me you can't lose your focus. Don't tell me that you can begin to sit down or you do nothing because you no longer trust the heart of God because it did not come the way. Watch this go back to Martha and Mary. The brother died and Jesus comes and Martha runs up to him first. Now watch this. She doesn't bow. She doesn't greet him. The first thing she says is, if my brother would have been here, if you would have been here, don't you hear the attitude? Hold on, hold on. He's God. He's Lord. And she walks up to him like she is equal to him. <laughs> don't tell me we don't do that in prayer sometimes. <laughs> don't tell me we don't approach God like, 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 like you, you, you ought to have. Come on now. I've been there. <laughs> Life will take you there. If, if you're not a worshiper, Mark, here she goes back to Mary, and, and Jesus just simply said, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the one who gives life. I, I, I'm the one that can turn it around. You know, he said, then he said, do you believe? And she said, yes, yeah. but she still didn't get it. She runs back, get her sister, and watch this. Mary comes, and she falls at his feet. See, at his feet is where you are submissive. At his feet. You said, uh, and, and it's not just position, it was the position of her heart. She's hurt. She don't understand. She said the same thing. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't be there. And, and it said, as she wept, now watch this. When she weeps, the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Hold on, it don't mean little cute tears. It mean big crocodile tears. Hold on, hold on, why is he crying? He, he, he knows what he's gonna do with Lazarus, but when you are a worshiper, and your heart is hurting, God is moved by you. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Somebody didn't hear me. When you have surrendered, when, when, when you have said, Lord, but I love you. But Lord, I bless you. Lord, I don't understand, but I put my faith in you. Lord, 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 Lord I got a lot of questions, 
but in spite of the question, I trust your heart towards me. If you want to move God, then you need to lower yourself and recognize he's God all by himself. He's God that will walk you through your trouble. And when you don't understand, still say, Lord, I humble myself under your mighty hand. I'm not trying to control anything. I give you everything because I trust your heart towards me even when I don't know what you're doing. God has to be bigger than the circumstance. When, when you say, I'm hurting, but I still trust you. I don't understand, but I place myself to you. Lord, I know you got you got, you got your hands on me. I, I know that you up to something. I put away what I expect. And I have opened my heart. Hold on, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. He begins to go towards the tomb. And he tells them to move the rock. Now watch Martha. After all he has said, she said, but Lord, his body stinketh. She wasn't listening. She was so caught up in her that she did not hear him. Let's switch the scene. Elijah, he goes to the mountain of God. Here he is in the place where God said go. And he's standing there. He's in the cave. And the still small voice said, go to the mountain. I mean, go to the edge of the cave. It says a wind came. Now watch this. God calls the wind, but he wasn't in the wind. <laughs> He said, earthquake happened. Now, God calls the earthquake, but he wasn't in the earthquake. So fire came. He calls the fire, but God's manifest presence, those was acts that wasn't him, wasn't in the fire. Then the scripture says, God started whispering. <laughs> it says that, that all of a sudden, the whisper of God got too much for Elijah. So he took his mantle and he covered up his face because when God whispers, stuff starts happening. When God whispers, something starts moving. It got too much for him. And he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? He, what he's saying is, why you got this attitude? What, what made you give up? What made you run from your, your, your proper position? What, what are you doing here? I didn't call you here. E Elijah, you've seen too much of me. You know too much of me to allow your disappointment to move you from where you ought to be to where you are now. Know what the grace of God is? Even though he's out of position, God whispers. Is God whispering to you? He will come where you at and he will whisper. And when he whispers, things start shaking, things start moving, things start putting back in order. We need God to whisper to us, not shout to us, but whisper in our spirit to put us in right position. Look what he said. He said, now how I know that it was about what was going to happen? He said, I, I want you to go to Jehim and anoint him king 
of Israel. I want you to go to this one, not him queen of Samaria, and I want you to go to Elisha and pick him up as the next prophet. He said, I got 7,000 people that haven't bowed. You ain't the only one. I never told you it stopped with you. I never told you you were the end of the, of the, of the battle. I got this thing in my hands and you don't have it in your hands. You don't see what I got. You don't understand what I'm going to do because my purpose and my calling is bigger than you. Oh, somebody hear that. It's bigger than that. You don't see what he's doing. God is able to take the bad good and indifference and work it all together for you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know how he does it, but God will take ugly stuff and make it beautiful. He'll take something that is all messed up and give grace to it. God is able. God is able. God is able. What he was saying is this. I've got a purpose, and you just play one part of it. My purpose is bigger. My plan is greater. I may have to go the back way, but when I put it together, it's going to be a blessing. David says in Psalms 27, he said, unless I believe to see the, the goodness of the Lord, I, I would have fainted. I would have passed out. I would have gave up. I would have sat down. I would have quit believing in God, but I know his heart. I know he loves me. I know he's bigger than me. So I believe, I believe to see the goodness, the goodness of the Lord in the land. Give it to him. Put it in his hands. The trusting. David says, then wait with expectation. You know, you know, you know how you do with expectation. You start thanking him for what the blessing gonna be. You start giving him praise when you don't even know. You start saying, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I love you. I'm hurt right now. Help me through my hurt. But I make a choice. I make a decision to put my faith in you. My question is, where else are you going to go? There's nobody else who can keep you. There's nobody else that can fix you. And when you start humbling yourself under his mighty hand, when you like Mary bow and worship, instead of trying to be a witch in a warlock and manipulate it, when you begin to say, Lord, I've made up my mind. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait with expectation on you. With tears running down your eyes. With grieving in your heart. Wait till God says, watch this, you start weeping. God start weeping. And when God start weeping, it won't be long before he start whispering. When he start whispering, things begin to start shaking. When things begin to start shaking, something's gonna happen. I think we need to re-examine 
not looking at things this way, but begin to look up. So, Lord, I don't know. And it's okay I don't know. Because I'm not you. But I have decided to trust you. Even when I don't see you, I still have decided to place my faith in you. Those of you at home, he's real. He's real. With all that Paul went through, he was the most fulfilled person on the earth. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. He's in a prison cell talking about joy and rejoice when his circumstances was messed up, but his God was with him. Where are we? If God would say, why are you here? What, what can you say? God at time will come in, let us throw our pity party, let us do all that, and he will come in and he say, why are you here? What on earth moved you so far from me? Because whatever is big enough to move us from him, it was an idol anyway. Been there, done that, and I had to repent and say, Lord, I choose you. If you don't know him, you better get to know him. Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to you. He is just that good. He is just that good. He will be that real to you. But those in the house, they will come and minister to you here. Those that are at home, if you ask Jesus to come into your life and say, I accept you as my Savior, the scripture says that when you accept Jesus in your life, believing that he died for your sins and rose again, that he will save you if you mean it, then you can call either one of those numbers and someone will get back to you. Let us stand. Let us stand. Let us stand. Ah... Uh.